What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of the Titan Size Podcast. Before we actually get into the episode, I want to remind you that you can listen to the Titan Size Podcast, not just on Blog Talk Radio, but on iTunes as well. You can find our podcast easily on iTunes, and if you leave us a five-star rating with a nice comment, we would be very, very appreciative. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. That way, every episode automatically goes to your phone or other mobile device. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome into the Titan-Sized Podcast. I am Luke Worsham, joined by the other two hosts of the Titan-Sized Podcast, uh, Will Lomas and Matthias Wadner. Matthias is live from a cabin in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Uh, you're coming to the game on Sunday, right? Yeah, and I was at the game on... I was in the game against the, the Rams last Sunday. So two in a row for me. This is uh, very exciting. <laughs> I wish we had won that that Rams game. Uh, it was a fun game. I, I thought the atmosphere was pretty good, and, and it was a, a really good game overall. Uh, pretty back and forth. Uh, um, I thought the Titans played rather well, to be honest, uh, against a really good Rams team. Uh, the deciding factor was really girly, um, just completely eviscerating us. But, yeah, I'm excited about this game and uh, the opportunity to, to witness uh, our favorite team make the playoffs, which would be which would be huge for the franchise and for the fans. Yeah, we didn't get to have a, a recap episode for the Rams game because that all fell during Christmas. Uh, happy holidays <laughs> to everyone, by the way. New Year's coming up, which I think is a very useless thing to celebrate, but it's whatever. Um, <laughs> but it is New Year's Eve soon in the next couple of days, and that is when the Titans will take on their divisional foe, the Saxonville Jaguars at Nissan Stadium. The field will look absolutely horrific because as I'm speaking, the Music City Bowl is being played at Nissan Stadium. And after that game, the field always looks horrific. But um, all all that aside, uh, before we talk about the Jags and the playoffs and all that, let's talk a little football from last week that we didn't get to about the Rams game. You kind of mentioned it, Matthias, that the reason the Titans lost this game was ultimately that they could not contain Todd Gurley. I said before the game, if they kept him to under 80 total yards, they would win. They didn't, <laughs> and they lost. Uh, I think they he had, what, like 250 total yards? He might have tripled, yeah. I was, I was a tripled little off. Um, but uh, the Titans' offense, 
they ran some more no huddle stuff, and I get that, you know, I, I guess it worked against uh, the 49ers and they wanted to implement that more. But the problem with running the no huddle for this team is that they're not built to run the no huddle. I mean, Mariota is good in it, sure. And, you know, Decker's a very good receiver, and, and Corey Davis has a lot of athleticism, despite the fact that he's pretty raw at this point. But they don't have a running back to run the system, and especially now that DeMarco Murray is hurt, because like Murray's good catching passes out of the backfield, but it's not like this guy is you know David Johnson or Charles Sims or Darren Sproles, someone that has a lot of burst to him. And when they try to run the ball in this no huddle out of the shotgun, I mean, it's like a one-yard gain, and then you get tackled. And so what, what they looked like was a, a, a derivative almost of the Dowell Loggins offense where it would be shotgun, 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 and then when they actually wanted to run the ball, they would line up in the I formation, and you knew they were about to run it. That's kind of what the Titans did against the Rams, I felt like. Yeah, and uh, all throughout that game, just watching Todd Gurley just run all over us uh, a lot of the times with the exact same play uh, on these passes great. out of the backfield. Yeah, just all the time. We could not stop it. Uh, but that was a defensive problem. Regardless, when Gurley had the ball, uh, he just looked like an absolute superstar. We couldn't bring him down. Uh, and he had uh, just tremendous speed in the open field, uh, which is something the Titans lack. And all I could think about was what if we had this guy? How much better would our offense be? Um, and last year, DeMarco was really good, um, but I don't remember the last time we've ever had a player like Gurley uh, in our backfield. Uh, I think a player like that would absolutely uh, shift the balance of power within an offense. Uh, I'm not sure we'll ever have that kind of player, um, but just seeing DeMarco and even Derrick Henry, honestly, over the last three games, he hasn't averaged over over 3.1 yards a carry. It's not like he's been a world beater and... Uh, and he should begin just like all of the touches, but he will this week regardless. But our offense just looks really slow right now. Um, I don't know where the speed is. I thought we added speed in the offseason, and it just has not shown up at all. Uh, Taiwan Taylor doesn't look fast. Uh, Corey Davis looks looked fast at times last week, um, but I, we're seeing a lot of the same problems on offense uh, that we thought would be addressed um, in the offseason. Uh, and it's kind of sad because we definitely have the talent uh, but it doesn't seem like the scheme um, in itself and, and the talent is matching with it. So, yeah, I mean, but at least we play the Jaguars this week and hopefully we can beat them, which will be fun. Yeah, we talked a little bit about the no huddle and uh, how it sometimes didn't work. It doesn't work when Terry Rubisky makes the calls. It worked when Mariota <laughs> – and I'm 100% serious. You know, you listen to the guys and when it's two-minute drill, they say that Mariota makes the calls and – you know, it, it's that's great. You know, Mario needs to make the calls in that sort of you know thing because it's more of a rhythm, what's working, what he sees on the fly, that kind of stuff. When Rubisky gives him three plays to call and he has to run up and call him really fast, it doesn't work. And it's clear when that happens because after the game, sometimes they say that's really creative. You know, our quarterback was making the calls, and other times they say, well, sometimes it just doesn't work. It doesn't work because there's one guy who knows how to call good plays and one that doesn't. And unfortunately, the wrong guy is the offensive coordinator. So, you know, that that kind of bothers me. But, you know, we talked about Todd Gurley a lot. You know, Todd Gurley, well, first off, Todd Gurley was great. He was everything a top 10 draft pick should be, you know, Mm -hmm. as back. So I'm not trying to take any of that against him. 
Last year, in his second year, he had 278 runs for 885 yards, which is the 3.2 yards per carry. He was not great last year when he was held back by a bad offensive scheme. This year, uh, Derrick Henry has 148 attempts for 693 yards, which is 4.7 yards per attempt. So, you know, they're they're not, you know, they're not. I'm not trying to say they're the same player or that necessarily even Henry's being misused, but. When you find a way to emphasize your good players, you can take take players who maybe aren't you know as explosive on paper as you would like, and they can increase and be better than they were before. So if we can get a good you know this all goes back to offensive coordinator. Both these points, if you can get a good offensive coordinator who understands how to use their talent right, there's no reason why Henry can't be a foundational back like Todd Gurley is right now. Mm. And while he probably no 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 sorry. Not not in that way. Not that he's going to be Marshall Falk 2.0, but that he's going to be a guy that's going to be like Legarrette Blunt was for the Patriots two years ago. Okay. Where, you, yeah, not not stylistically, but I'm talking about from a gameplay. You know, from a standpoint. Like, like you can rely on him and give him 25 carries. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I don't. I don't think because he's, he's not nearly a, as talented as currently. Like not no, even close. He's, he's, no, he's not going to have a thousand and a thousand, like you know, receiving and rushing yards. But you know, you don't have to to be a good running back. You know, th- there's only so many Le'Veon Bell's and Todd Gurley's out there. But my point mm-hmm. is, there's no reason why Derrick Henry can't be a force like that, where other teams are afraid of playing Henry, just like we're afraid afraid of playing Todd Gurley, because you just have to change the way you play defense. But, you know, it, like I said, it all goes back to offensive coordinator, and until that changes, there's nobody to fear on this offense. The only reason Henry can't be that uh, generational type of talent is his receiving ability. Um, you see it in so, some of these running backs like Gurley and Le'Veon Bell. They're just amazing receivers out of the backfield. Henry just doesn't really have the feel for it. It's not that he's bad at it, uh, but he definitely he's not as smooth out of the backfield and, and especially catching the ball. So it, it looks he'll never be when they're it does. to him. Yeah, I agree. So he'll never be that type of player. Uh, but he doesn't have to be as long as he he could be that two two down bruiser, um, and you can you can pass it to him on on first and second down just fine on, on some screens which he's been uh, he's been pretty good at in the past. Uh, but as long as he could be that two down guy, which he should have been this entire season, uh, which we've been saying, um, then he'll be just a fine running back, and we really won't have to have to spend a, a draft capital or free agency money uh, on a receiving back. Although we should get a receiving back for I, uh, for the cheap at least i will say this about henry you know i think he can be a really good piece of an offense but if he stops with feet the play's over because he, he's not uh, absolutely he's not starting back up like if he stops his feet just mark him down where he is because he's not going to do anything else he just he, he doesn't have that ability but if he's out in the open and he's running full speed and he's you know got a plan in mind he's dangerous but like i said if, he, if you like want him to run a counter or something like that where he's going to have to stop his feet and explode the other way or read a hole, you're you're going to lose yards. So, you know, whoever's running the offense has to know that next year. So uh, let, let's keep talking about this Henry situation because as we transition into talking about the Jacksonville game, we know that DeMarco Murray will not play. And in a way, that injury almost puts him out of his misery because he's been really ineffective this year. And I love DeMarco Murray. I, I've always been a huge DeMarco Murray f- fan. But mm-hmm. he's just been so he – lo- he looks slow. 
I mean, unable to make anybody miss. But anyway, uh, that with that being the case, probably for the first time we're going to get a full load of Derrick Henry. So uh, first I'll ask, um, what do you think is a reasonable expectation for Henry's volume in this game? Is it going to be similar to a, a workload Murray would have gotten last season when he was actually pretty effective? Uh, and also... With Henry uh, moving up to the number one running back, that means that uh, bat third string David Flewellen moves up to the number two spot. What do you think his role will be with this team? But before you answer, let's take a look at DeMarco Murray's final stats from this regular season. Of course. No. Ready? Let's not. 184 rushes for a grand total of 659 yards. <laughs> Average of 3.6 a carry and 43.9 per game. Yeah, um, I don't know if you, you're you looking at like his uh, his seasonal stats um, throughout his whole, whole career. Uh, this yeah. season has been 2015 Philadelphia Eagles, DeMarco Murray type of season. Oh, in, and in, as many in Philadelphia, he rushed for 50 more yards and had yeah, the same, same yards per average carry average. Per carry. Yeah. And he was a better receiver somehow. So that disaster season uh, one-ups this one. So this was really bad. Uh, I'm still going to contend that he was injured this entire season. Uh, and I'm not giving up hope on him uh, going into the next season fully healthy. But I definitely don't. He did not inspire confidence with his play. That's for sure. Uh, so he's in the back burner right now. Let's just uh, let's move on to Henry because he's the one that's going to be toning the rock this this week uh which many times fans have been hoping for 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 a while uh he's finally going to be able to run the show um a reasonable expectation i think it's gonna it's obviously going to depend on game flow uh because if the titans do get down and they have to pass a lot i'm assuming for some reason uh they're gonna (laughs) they're gonna trust david fluellen more uh maybe he's a better pass protector i honestly have no idea uh but they used him on the final play of the game last week um, as Luke uh, showed on Twitter, they split Fluellen out wide. Um, I don't know what that was all about. Fluellen runs uh, a mid four seven forty. I don't know who he was gonna who he was gonna outrun on the outside. But regardless of that, uh, I think Henry's gonna get around 20, uh, 20 carries, maybe a couple receptions. Uh, so twenty plus touches seems within uh, within the realms of uh, possibility. Uh, he's he's never had 20 touches in a game, I don't believe. No, he did earlier this season. I think he had exactly 20 in that Colts game. Uh, and he played really well in that game. Um, so I, I'm really interested to see uh, how he's going to play in this one with so many touches because it seems like it, it has seemed in the past the more touches he gets within a game, uh, the better he gets because defenses just get so tired. Uh, and he's had a lot of success against the Jaguars in the past. Uh, this season and in the first game last season. So um, I'm really excited to see him uh, put it all together, hopefully. Um, I hate to do this, but DeMarco Murray this year, we talked about a second ago, 184 attempts, 659 yards, 3.6 yards per per carry. Antonio Andrews in 2015, (gasps) in, in only 14 games, he had 143 attempts, 520 yards, 3.6 3.6 average. Mm. Uh, Antonio wow. Andrews. That's, that's a great stat. 
Yeah, Antonio Andrews, 28 first downs. DeMarco Murray, 29 first downs. So, uh, you know, legitimately, you know, basically the same exact stat line, except Andrews played one less game than Murray's going to play. But, I mean. And he played special teams. So Yeah. Added, just, added value. <laughs> yeah, a brutal, uh, just a brutal, like, comparison there, which Murray is better than Andrews, especially in a vacuum. But this year he wasn't. And, you know, that's I think that's a good comparison for us to see that, you know, for as much as we all like what Murray was last year, I think we all realize that this should have been Henry's show this year. And the head coach and the offensive coordinator just messed it up. They, you know, they misused their their players. One of, you know, one of the many position groups they don't know how to manage right now. But uh, going back to Derrick Henry and what we think of him, the Titans average about 27 carries in the rushing game I would expect I, I just don't think they trust Henry so I think Henry gets 18 touches I think Fluellen gets six and then the rest of them go to quarterback keeps or uh I want maybe might get a couple maybe a Dory uh, I mean yeah so you know they've shown that they don't mind lining a Dory up at running back, you know, not just jet motion as a receiver or, in, or, or like throwing quick passes to him, but they'll run it, line them up at running back and run inside. So maybe you see that, maybe you see some option plays. I, I don't <clears> know, <throat> see him get creative, but I don't think he's going to get just a ton of carries because for whatever reason, Mike Malarkey seems afraid to do it. So, so, and you know, like I said, maybe, maybe it's Rubisky, maybe it's, I don't know. Maybe it's what they see in practice. I can't explain it, but they're afraid to give him a real, you know, game's worth of touches. And maybe that's because they want to save him for next year. But at this point, they need to be thinking about this next game, or they not they may not be here next year. So uh, we'll see. But anything more than twenty rush attempts, I would be shocked to see from Henry. I think that's yeah. so surprising because. I think Marcus even, even Mariota even said that this week that um, Henry is a volume runner, and like with I don't think anybody disputes that. So why are they so afraid, especially in a game when Demarco Murray is out? I see no reason acceptable why he would get less than twenty carries, not twenty touches, twenty carries in the running game. Yeah, unless I mean I agree. Un- unless. Disaster strikes and you go up and, and you're down fourteen to nothing early and you you're like all right we got to get in this no huddle I understand that po- po- possible but especially it's if possible. if the Titans get up in this game if they if they go into halftime leading like seventeen to seven or something I, I think you have to come into the second half and say like what they did the first time these two teams played we are going to give you every more of Derrick Henry than you want and, and you're not going to be able to stop him and they didn't there, there's some precedent there. Yeah, and uh, I know the the Jaguars have been uh, better against the run since uh, they traded for Marcel Darius, uh, but they're definitely still more attackable on the ground uh, than they are through the air because their secondary is really good, uh, and they have a a lot of good pass rushers. Um, And the Titans had a lot of success on the ground in the earlier matchup this season against the Jaguars, so I think there's a game where Henry needs to get the ball a lot, and I think they have to stick to the running game. Um, which they didn't really do against the Rams, and they really didn't run the ball all that well. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I would give Henry a lot of carries. 
um, and just just let him work because he's shown in the past uh, that if he is given these big workloads, he could really uh, make make a lot out of it. Um, and he, he's kind he's a home run hitter. Uh, so the more carries he gets, uh, the better chance that he breaks off a big one uh, near the end of the game or at any point in the game. Yeah, I mean, it's really not a complicated game plan. You're, I mean, you should walk into the stadium expecting to run the ball from under center 20 times with about 10 play-action passes in there. And then when you're in a hurry-up or you want to go in the shotgun, you should have a read-option look built into almost every run, you know, we, we it's kind of a you know taboo thing to say at this point, but it run a lot of run pass options like we did when you know Marcus was real hot and he was going. You know, let him control the offense and trust him to make the right decisions in terms of when to pull it, when to hand it, and all that kind of stuff. And make a defense play shorthanded when you play run pass options and read options and all that kind of stuff. What you're doing is you're making the defense play with 10 players because you take away the read man, and you get to play with 11 players because now your quarterback's a part of the play no matter what happens. It's it's something that should be featured in any offense with a talented mobile quarterback, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Cam Newton or you know whoever. It just it doesn't make any sense to only lean on that five times a game, especially if it's a must-win game like this is. Yeah, and uh, Marcus needs to run the ball a little more. He hasn't had over three uh, three rush attempts since mid November, so I don't. Know, you, you he's got to use his legs to really open up things because it, it it does help. We've seen it in the past. In that area, I tend to believe that something is wrong. Like yeah, because it's there's no more options. It's I don't know if they're mm-hmm. scared to get him injured again or if he actually is still injured. Because last week he, he ran a lot, like, outside of the pocket. It wasn't, like, past the line of scrimmage. But, I mean, he ran around a lot behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, he still is very, very fast. So that, I think that's very odd, the fact that there certainly were no uh, designed runs last week. And, and I can't recall any. It's been a while since the 49ers game. But, I mean, it, it's been several weeks since we, we've seen Mariota do something – like, really good running the football. He did one thing last week, but, I mean, it's not enough. I, I think, wasn't there a report, I think it was Kuharski, who said that um, he might need off-season surgery. I'm not sure if it was on his ankle or hamstring, uh, but that he m- might need surgery in the off-season. So, something's clearly up, uh, and he's definitely battling something. But everyone is at, the, at this point in the season, so I don't know. I mean, I think it's... I think it's supposed to just be kind of a clean-up thing or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's really weird because you'll see him move, and it's almost – you know, you could tell when they did it with Vince Young where they told him, stop running. And even if it's the best option, you know, it seems like they've told him, look, we don't want you running out in the open fields. We're afraid you're going to get hurt. And, you know, I don't know if they told him that after the Arizona game when he ran and hurt his knee and they were good. I mean – because this coaching staff knows that if Marcus gets hurt, they're going to put up three points a game. I mean, the, the, I mean, they're going to be one of the worst teams in football. I mean, they lost to the Dolphins, and you know we can talk about the way they lost and that it was you know it should have been a touchdown, not you know, and then the next play, all that kind of stuff. That offense was just hot garbage. I mean, it was disgusting. Mm-hmm. It, it, 
So it there's a clear difference when a healthy Marcus is in there, and even a banged up Marcus is substantially better than a Matt Castle. So Marcus with know, three I, interceptions is still like better than Castle. Yeah, if you spot another team three possessions and you give me Marcus, I would or the option of Marcus or Matt Castle, and you know I would take Marcus every time. I mean. You know, and that, that may sound like a real bad dig at Matt Castle. Maybe it is, or, but I mean, it's just, it's a, I mean, it's barely, you can barely call it an offense, what it looks like without him in there. And whether that's because he's so good, you know, when he's not throwing interceptions, or if it's because, you know, Matt Castle's so bad, whatever it is, with the way the roster's set up right now, if Mariota goes down, it's, I mean, it's not there. So, you know, Mariota's probably being told to stay healthy and not, you know, avoid contact and whatever. But if you don't let him run, it's like if you didn't let Cam Newton run. You know, it's such a big part of their offense and what they can do to really hurt teams that if you know they're scared to run him, it changes the way you play defense and it, it just sets you up for failure. So you've got to either be all in with him or all out. And right now the coaches are half in and it's it's hurting the team. Yeah. You guys want to want to guess uh, the longest completion of Matt Castle this season? This season? Yeah. Eight yards. No, no. Thirteen. <laughs> that bad. Seventeen. <laughs> I can't believe he even had one as long as that. I was, was terrible. I was under. Will was over. Yeah, but I don't know. And he's thirty-five years old. I don't know how you bring Matt Castle back as the backup oh, next season. Especially, it's not happening. The it fact might. that Brandon Whedon is still on this roster proves that's not happening. <laughs> what is he doing on the team? Why is he still here? We have three quarterbacks on the roster, but, like, Kalen Reed can't get an active spot most weeks. So, you know, whatever. Darius Jennings is still – no, he's not. He's back on oh, he's the practice team. squad. He's gone. Oh, he's on the practice squad. Dude, I saw Kalen Reed on the sidelines this past week, and I was just upset because he should be out there instead of Bryce McCain, who's the worst cornerback in the league. But you should be out there instead of Bryce McCain. Yeah, that's a good point. I have some good change of direction skills. So that's true. You ran, you ran like a six four three cone, right? <laughs> four eight forty. <laughs> Kill right. it. Who is this? Back in the day. Back in the day, me, yes. me. Uh, <laughs> I run like that's a. I, I think Tom Brady has a much faster 40 than I do. Oh, yeah. I don't run, so, you know. So, uh, defensively for the Titans, last week they uh, gave up 301 yards and four touchdowns to Jared Goff, who really, you know, the stats kind of lie. He wasn't anything spectacular last week. He was constantly under duress. But he still managed four touchdown throws against this Titans defense. Two of them, granted, were to Todd Gurley, who kind of did it all himself. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it wasn't like lo- missing Logan Ryan affected this game in the way we thought it might. So, uh, Ryan is questionable again this week, has not practiced at all this week. If he doesn't play, which Will told me earlier that he thinks he will, so I'll let you talk about that in a second, but... um. If Ryan doesn't play, then uh, what what do you expect from the Jags? Because there's no Allen Robinson or Marquise Lee, but you still have to deal with the likes of Allen Hearns, D.D. Westbrook, and uh, Mickens. 
Uh, yeah, they have a lot of uh, really good receivers uh, that have really come on as the season has, has gone on. Uh, and Bortles has really found some chemistry with them, uh, in particular Ke- Keelan Cole, who plays a lot of slot. Uh, he has three touchdowns over the last four games, uh, and he's gone over 100 yards in each of the last two games. So he he's a really good player. And Didi Westbrook, um, since coming coming off of IR, has has become kind of their number one guy. Uh, and they're getting Alan Hearns back, who's who was their primary slot receiver. Uh, before he went down, they're getting him back this week. So they definitely have a lot of guys that can attack the Titans. Um, they really couldn't do it uh, in the in the first matchup of, of this season. Uh, the Titans defense played really well, uh, and Bortles kind of he he, he was kind of bad, um, almost as bad as he was this past week against the 49ers. So as long as Bortles doesn't revert back to some of his midseason form, where where he was playing pretty well, uh, and he plays like he played last week or in like he did against the Titans earlier this season. Uh, I think the Titans have a pretty good chance in this one. Um, but if they let Bortles go, go pretty, pretty off, um, like he did la- uh, last year uh, on that dreadful day on Jacksonville, uh, then we might have no chance, but uh, I don't see that happening. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we talked about it just a second ago. I think Logan Ryan's going to play because, he was walking, you know. He was apparently in pads and stuff during the early portion of practice, and it's not that he didn't finish. They just kind of held him back. He's supposed to be questionable for Sunday, and they've still got another walkthrough day tomorrow. So I imagine he, you know, puts on pads and goes through that whole day, and it looks better for him. But I mean, right now their second most consistent receiver, Marquise Lee, is going to be out. He's their most targeted player, so you know that's that's good for the Titans. The, the good news is, is that Logan Ryan and Adore Jackson, if they're both healthy, I mean, Adore should be, but you know they shouldn't have to trail anybody specific. Keelan Cole is, I mean, relatively dangerous. Alan Hearns is relatively tough, but I mean, they have no Larry Fitzgerald or even a Marquise Goodwin or somebody like that who's going to break a thousand yards this year. You know, they, they don't have that guy, so. Uh, they should be able to play pretty much their, you know, base normal way of playing defense. And that, that sounds like a big thing, but it is because you get to play what you practiced in the preseason for four weeks and what you practiced for most of the season. You know, you don't have to have a unique game plan. The good news for the Titans is, is that they get to play against Leonard Fournette, who in three of the last four games and four out of the last six, he's had less than three yards per attempt. Um, we've talked a lot about how LeBeau really likes to run that funnel defense, which is, you know, stop the run and give cushions to the receivers and hope that there's an errant throw or something that you can either turn into a turnover or we'll just hit the ground. But, uh, you know, this week I've been a big proponent of this anytime I've watched my play the Jaguars. Don't worry about stopping Leonard Fournette. He'll do that himself. Worry about getting to Blake Bortles and frustrating him and hopefully collecting, you know, you don't necessarily have to have a pick six even though he just gives those away. But if you can just take the ball away once or twice, it really shifts the momentum of the game and it takes the Jaguars out of their game plan. So, you know, defensively, just just like offensively, there's a really easy strategy. It's just if they employ it or not. Yeah, I think it's important to remember the way that the Titans beat the Jaguars defensively the last two team time the last time these two teams faced off because offense we know that they just pounded Derrick Henry 
But on defense, it, it was kind of the approach you mentioned, letting Fournette stop himself because, I mean, this run defense is so good, and, and they've been really good. I mean, even Todd Gurley wasn't all that spectacular in the running game last week. He really did most of his damage in the receiving game. But, I mean, these guys constantly bring pressure and stop you in the running game. So I don't think Fournette is a problem for this defense. He's not been that effective this year. I won't say he's not good, but he's not effective. Um, and I think they also do what they did last time, and that's get in Bortles' face because he, he started to melt down last week against the 49ers. And if the Titans can complete that process this week by getting in his face, kind of like they did with Goff. Because like, uh, 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 Goff is just a lot better of a quarterback than, than Bortles is. I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm like spazzing out as I – talk about Blake Bortles um, I say it's weird to compliment Jared Goff it's like causing your body to have fits after last year but I'm <laughs> but yeah Goff is so much better than Bortles and like Goff knew when he was under pressure like I'm either gonna check it down or throw it away or take the sack Bortles is like I'm not taking a sack I'm ripping this mm-hmm. sucker down the field and seeing what happens and so you got to get him out of the pocket you know a lot of guys we talk about like with Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck, guys like that, were like, you know, you got to keep him in the pocket. Blake Bortles, get him out of the pocket because that's when he does stupid things. Yeah, and uh, the recipe from week two uh, is exactly what the Titans should be striving for uh, because Fournette really Fournette hasn't done anything outside of like three games this season, uh, and he's uh, and against some pretty some pretty not good run defenses. Uh, and the Titans have a really good run defense. So I, I'm not even worried about him. I don't even know why he's still getting hyped up. He, he's under four yards of carry for the season. He's closer to DeMarco Murray than than Derrick Henry's yards per carry average. So I don't know why people still pose him as like this this sort of threat. I guess because the offense is tailored around him. Um, but, I mean, they've kind of it o- opened it up with the passing game o- over – recent weeks and then last week it all just came crashing down because Bortles is is deep down inside he's a gunslinger and he just loves throwing the ball around regardless of of who's actually open and who he's actually throwing the ball to so as long as we can get that Bortles this week uh we'll be perfectly fine um and considering uh that's the kind of Bortles we saw in week two I'm pretty confident that we'll get that Bortles not the one from uh, from the past four weeks um, before the before the Niners game. One thing that uh, I don't think any of us have touched on, but this will be the first time that Cyprian has gone against the Jaguars because he was injured for the last game. And mm. I'm really curious to see if they play Cyprian like they did against the 49ers, which is let him rush really hard off the edge because you expect everything to run off the running game. And if they do that, I mean, it can go one of two ways. Either he can be explosive and cause mayhem in the backfield, or he can give up lanes behind him if he misses tackles. But if he can play well in this game and they use him as that nickel blitzer or that guy who's coming in the box to add an extra body, he could have a really big game if the corners can hold up, which I think they can. But there's – there's a good chance that he's a guy who ends up either giving up a long run or making a couple of big tackles for loss that really change, you know, the perception. Yeah, I've been kind of critical of Cyprian uh, for most of the season, um, but I thought he played pretty well last week. 
Um, and uh, I think he's getting better as, as the season goes on, um, especially recovering from the hamstring injury. I think he's a nice chess piece in that secondary that LeBeau could use uh, in a variety of ways. Um, so uh, as we kind of near the end of our time, we, we have a couple minutes left to talk. So let's identify, as we usually do, <clears throat> uh, sort of a key to this game for the Titans. Uh, I'll say my key is get at least one turnover. Because with as good as Jacksonville's defense is, if you can steal a possession from their offense and get more chances to score, that's going to benefit you in the long run. So uh, at least one turnover, I would say. Okay, yeah. Definitely. Hopefully from Bortles. Um, my key in that week two game was keep Leonard Fournette under four yards to carry, uh, and we'd win the game. Uh, that did happen, but Fournette doesn't seem to go over four yards to carry often at all, so I'm, I'm not going to use that one again. Um, uh, I'm going to go towards the offensive side, and I think Marcus Mariota has to have a good game here, uh, and he has to avoid turnovers because if you turn the ball over uh, against the Jaguars, they kind of thrive off that especially with that very opportunistic secondary. Uh, so as long as Mariota can, can hold on to the ball, uh, don't throw an interception, please. They're, they're really they're hurting just my soul at this point. Um, <laughs> don't throw an interception. Don't fumble the ball, which he hasn't done at all this season. Um, and I think we'll be fine. Uh, mine's Brown Arakpo getting a sack. And, I mean, I don't mean, like, being the third guy in there and getting a sack as a cleanup guy. I mean, he needs to beat – He's going to go against either an injured Cam Robinson or a backup left tackle that I don't know. And if he can't beat that guy one-on-one, the Titans really do need to find a new edge player this year and not like a backup edge, like somebody to start. Because if you can't beat a rookie that you beat your first time around, but he's hurt this time and you get to play at home, or if you can't beat his backup consistently, I mean – maybe it's just time for you to start splitting your time and he was interviewed this week and he's you know people have talked to him a bunch in the locker room and he said that i don't think he's played in a uh, playoff game except for maybe once I, ca- I can't remember if he's played once or not but uh it's it's a lot less than you'd expect somebody of iraq post caliber to have played and this should mean a lot to him and it sounds like it does mean a lot to him and if it does, you would like to see him take over the game and really make a difference but I, I don't know if, if he can get a sack and hopefully a fourth fumble on portals then that would be a huge deal absolutely um mm-hmm. last thing be- before we go out uh you you talked a little bit about Mariota, and i think it is important that he uh that he plays a turnover free game and we talked about his injury and everything but the titans promoted uh running back Kalfani Muhammad. He's someone, I always butcher his name, but I just said it right, uh, to the active <laughs> roster to sort of replace DeMarco Murray. By the way, who did they uh, release to bring him up? Hurst. DeMontre Hurst. Oh, okay, okay. So that kind of looks good for Logan Ryan, I guess. Um, yeah, I think I think it's probably a good sign. Yeah, so, Logan Ryan's fine. Um, obviously, Muhammad is someone they didn't really like much in the preseason. He touched the ball once or twice. Uh, practice squad all season. Uh, throughout the season, when Murray hasn't really been healthy, he's remained on the practice squad. But do you think now that they're forced to have him on the active roster, 
that they run a gimmick play or two with him in there just because of how fast he is and they want to take advantage of it? I would, considering the lack of speed uh, on the Titans' offense. He could really bring a different dynamic. Uh, the problem with him is that he's just so tiny uh, that if he takes one one big hit, uh, like he'll, he'll go flying across the field and lose the ball. That's what it seems like. But he's really – go watch his college highlights. You'll get excited like I did uh, in the preseason, and then you don't see him play at all. But I would definitely design at least something for him, uh, some kind of gadget play, maybe just maybe just at least a screen or something uh, to get something else out of the offense because Fluellen and Henry aren't exactly uh, those type of slasher running backs. I think there's no way that there's any special design, not because, I mean, <laughs> it's the right idea to do it, but I'm not sure Terry Rubisky even understands that. I mean, I, I promise he'll call the same plays for um, Fluellen and Kalfani Muhammad if he's out there that he calls for Derrick Henry because he's got no he's got no understanding of players being different. To him, they're all just X's and O's on his sheet. And I, I've said this before, and I, I I swear it's a quote from him, and I can't find it, so I shouldn't say it. So take this as me just, you know saying something that either I believed and it convinced myself or I heard on a radio interview or something that I can't find the print for. But I could swear there's a quote from him where he said that he doesn't call plays for specific players. He, you know, he treats the whole uh, offensive skill position as just you're an X, you're a Y, you're a Z, you know, all that kind of stuff. So whether Corey Davis or Taylor is playing X that day, it's the same play call no matter what, and he doesn't have a lot of gimmick plays. Now, I will say he used a Dory in some interesting ways. Interesting is the right word. Yeah, and and Taewon Taylor in some interesting ways, um, even though it seems like he's done that once in the last month and all that creativity was you know the quote-unquote creativity was gone by november but maybe he he brings something up but i just don't think he has the i don't, I don't think he has like i don't think he can make those play calls so i don't think there is anything we will see soon enough uh sunday titans jags moved to 325 uh, we get the pleasure, or if you're not at the game, you'll get the pleasure of listening to the commentary of Greg Gumbel in this game from CBS. No Jim Nance, no Tony Romo. Greg Gumbel. However, uh, the honorary 12th Titan is going to be Philip Fulmer, former UT head coach and current UT uh, athletic director. That should be fun. Uh, I forget who did, who's doing the national anthem. It's someone I've never heard of, like most of them. But... Uh, it should be a really fun day. If you have, I'll close with this. If you have tickets, and, and you can make it to the game, come to the game. It's going to be a, a good atmosphere. I'm convinced. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's the last it's the last football you'll see in Nissan Stadium for what eight months. I, I mean, yep. Don't forget how long this yep. off season is, guys. Don't don't be petty and don't be mad at the coaches so much that you rob yourself of something that you'll enjoy and you'll miss in a couple of weeks. Plus, I'll be there, so yep. that's reason yeah. enough. Be there. If you if you get a <laughs> selfie with any of us, you will get a shout out in the uh, next podcast episode. No one even knows what we look like. I know. <laughs> that's, if you see me and you do know what I look like, just keep walking by. Like just. Keep <laughs> uh, we we will all three be at the stadium on Sunday, and you should too, because if the Titans win, they will be in the postseason for the first time since two thousand eight. 
until Monday-ish when we're back to... I guess on Monday we're either going to be talking about Malarkey getting fired or uh, or previewing post-season. A, a postseason game. One of the two. So yeah. We'll see. Very, It could very quickly shift based on the events of Sunday. Uh, but until then, for Matias Wadden or Bo Lomas, I'm Luke Worsham. Thank you for listening to the Titan Size Podcast. We will see everybody next week. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.